If you need to come to the altar this morning, they're open for you, whether it be joy you're experiencing this morning or sorrow. Uh, God will meet you where you're at. He'll meet you there. And if you need to stay where you are, he'll meet you there too. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time we have together. God, you bring us such joy, even in the time when it doesn't seem like there is joy to have. Father, thank you for all that you do in our lives. And be with those who aren't able to join us today for uh, sickness. Be with the men at their retreat. Um, You were gathered here in our midst this morning, but you're also with them. Let them feel you this morning and get them home safely later today. Uh, Thank you for all that you're doing. Be with the words that I preach this morning. Let them not be words that I say, but words that you and your spirit speak to this morning. Now, Father, for those who are struggling this morning, let us feel feel you afresh and anew. And we love you in your name. Amen. So, this morning, I'm going to uh, bring some scripture um, for you, but it's not going to be the main passage that I speak on. But um, if you would stand and hear the word of the Lord this morning. And if you'd like to, uh, I want you to hold this verse uh, in your Bible, have it open. And I want this to be what echoes through your mind as you hear what I um, uh, say this morning. But we're... Turning to Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 48. Here's the word of the Lord this morning. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and have and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. That you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the word of the Lord, and we say thanks be to God. Please be seated. So this morning, uh, we're going to transition from Matthew and the words of Jesus to the book of Jonah. Uh, as we were going through the trivia this morning, I think several of us need to go through the Old Testament again to get some, uh, get some refresher on what's happening. And this morning, we're going to go through the book of Jonah. Um, and be thankful, I'm not going to read the entire book of Jonah to you this morning. I'm going to kind of uh, uh, cover the entire thing, but very um, in a short manner. Um, Jonah is a figure of the Bible we have heard a great deal about. The book of the Bible is written differently than other books on a prophet. This is less of a story of the words of a prophet, rather, but rather than the story of one. I'm sure, of many you, uh, I'm sure many of you know it well. Jonah was called by God to preach to Nineveh. He runs from God, gets eaten by a whale, gets uh, spat out, and ends up having to go to Nineveh anyway. And rather than 
uh, you know, going through the whole four chapters. It's only four chapters, but rather than going through all four of them, I have a quick video kind of summing it up for you. Go and tell Nineveh to knock it off or I'm going to throw hands. But they might kill me. But they won't. But they might. Just go. Fine, I'm going. Except he didn't. Hey, can I hop on your boat? Sure, it's not like you're running from God or anything. What's going on? We've made God so angry. I have a confession to make. Jonah, no. You'll have to throw me overboard. All right, enough said. Just let me grab my... Yep, I deserve this. You look yummy. What? No. I'm sorry, I'll go to Nineveh. Promise? Yes. Bet. God says stop being evil or he's gonna punish you. Wait, for real? Yes? Well, thank him for sending you. Everybody, stop what you're doing. We're fasting tonight. I guess I'll just wait here till you punish them then. I'm not gonna punish them. But they're evil. They repented. But that's not fair. Who's God here? So, if many of you were wondering, there was a little tagline that said this was a TikTok, and if you're not familiar, that was a TikTok. Um, and as a PSA from your youth pastor, it's not all bad, I promise. I don't know what you've heard, but I promise you there can be good up there. It's just, you know, like anything on social media, moderation and supervision are always something that are very important. So Jonah, the book of Jonah starts out by saying, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go uh, to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come before me. But Jonah ran away, and the Lord headed to Tar- or uh, from the Lord he ran away, and he headed to Tarshish. Well, this seems like an odd response from a a man of God, a prophet. The common understanding that is that Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh because he was scared of Nineveh. But with um, being a prophet, he was being sent but with the full protection of God. Why would he blatantly disobey? So I guess a good question, who were the Ninevites? Nineveh was the capital city of the Assyrian Empire. A large, uh, a large city would have taken days to cross in those days, and it was full of people. And as, and as an Israelite um, back, uh, back then, Jonah would have had been enemies with these people. When Israel split into two kingdoms, the Assyrians became natural enemies to the northern kingdom of Israel. They were the ruling power of the land. And even historically, um, because of the northern kingdom's wickedness, of, um, God even used the Assyrians to lay siege to them. The tribes forcibly resettled to, by Assyria were resettled by later becoming known as the Ten Lost Tribes. Uh, and this is also known as the, as the First Exile. Now during that time, the people of Nineveh were tr- uh, truly wicked. They, they were evil to those who opposed them and had a strong army to reinforce their power. Now, Nineveh wasn't terribly far um, from the region of Israel where Jonah was from, just 500 miles or so, um, a 500-mile or so journey, about the distance from Gainesville to Orlando, Florida. But it was not Disney World. Even with Jonah's outright disobedience to God, he, wanted, uh, he was granted a second chance to go deliver God's word to Nineveh. John, John, oh, excuse me, Jonah chapter 3 says, When the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, it says, Go uh, to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim um, it to the message I give you. And Jonah went, and he traveled there. And, you know, he, he had a very simple message God wanted him to say. 
he, he had something, um, he could have done something grand, like many of the other prophets before him. He could have been like Elijah. And as he stood before these people, he could have called fire down before them. Um, even when um, Elijah was on the Mount Carmel, as I was saying, that uh, he looked, beyond, uh, looked over 500 or so, um, 400 or so um, prophets of Baal, and he mocked them. He laughed, and he said, as they were crying out for Baal to, as they were to see who's the God was real and the most powerful, he says, you know, maybe your God's asleep. Maybe you're not crying out loud enough. Maybe you need to wake him up. Maybe he's in the bathroom. Maybe he's traveling. And yes, he, um, Elijah does, in some translations, say, maybe your God's in the bathroom. Maybe you need to scream louder. But Jonah doesn't do this. He goes um, and about a day's journey into the city, stops and preaches, saying, Od er behem yam wenewe nepeket. The youth pastors speaking in tongues. Um, and this in Hebrew simply says, Yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overturned. Man. Five words in Hebrew and just eight in English. It was only hope that the redemp- of redemption that Nineveh had. And it worked. Obviously, there were some things that were missing. There's no mention of Nineveh's sin, no way to repent, no way to respond, um, not even a mention of God. And I'd like to just have you imagine for a second that this happened in the United States. There's a, tra- a foreign traveler, and they make their way to the, the Washington Monument in Washington, D.C. They get a megaphone stand on the, and stand on the, um, uh, the steps of this, um, uh, the Washington Monument, and shout, 40 days in the U.S. will be overturned. Well, this wouldn't come, cause much of a scene. People travel constantly to the Capitol protest. So, mu- uh, so much, not even the police, the D.C. police would have much to say. Maybe a tourist might take a photo of them, but it's probably about it. Whenever Jonah had, um, whatever reason Jonah gave this such a cryptic sermon, God still worked in their hearts. Although the Holy Spirit is not mentioned, we are good Trinitarian Christians who see the Holy Spirit working through the people of Nineveh. And amazingly, the prophecy of God swept through the city, making it all the way to the king. He sent word that even the livestock are to fast and repent. In the, uh, fast and repent. And if this sounds familiar, um, in just a couple weeks, we're going to celebrate something called Ash Wednesday. It's a, it's a time of fasting and repentance. We'll have the Ash Wednesday service. And this is where this comes from. This is the tradition we get it from, where the king for 40 days tells his people, um, repent. Stop what you're doing for 40 days. They set an ash cloth, or sackcloth and ashes and repented for their sins. And this is where we get um, that tradition. So what's interesting about um, the, is that God changed his mind. He, he did not uh, destroy the, Nineveh, the Ninevites. Or did he? I quoted from a brief sermon Jonah had for Nineveh from verse 4 of chapter 3. The word in Hebrew I used was nepeket, and quite often this word was to be translated as destroyed. God did not destroy the city of Nineveh. However, and if you, Brittany, would put that slide up for me. However, the others might have translated to overturned. Making this prophecy true, the Ninevites' uh, hearts uh, had been overturned, changed, transformed in 40 days' time. After 40 days, the words of Jonah had been fulfilled. God did nepeket, the Ninevites' hearts. Not destroy the city like Sodom and Gomorrah, 
their lives, uh, their lives like Jonah wanted uh, to happen. So, if Ninevites had indeed hardened their hearts, God may have overturned the city, um, physically destroying them. But since they heeded God's warning, their hearts were overturned, transformed, and instead, God nip- did Nepiket and transformed the Ninevites. Not Nepiket destroyed um, the Ninevites. And so, we talk about Jesus telling us to love our enemy and pray for those who persecute us. And these were evil, wicked people, and they, they deserved destruction. They, they were the ruling uh, class of the land, and they were not shy about it. They were very harsh. They're very evil, wicked people. Uh, things they did to their enemies were horrible. Do you have someone in your life that reminds you of this? I mean, it's hard to think of having an enemy um, because, man, our lives hopefully aren't that complicated where we have someone that's so harsh that we just can't imagine forgiving them and loving them. But I'm sure there's someone that comes to mind, whether it be at work or uh, someone that cuts you off in traffic. I hope, I hope you keep the road rage in your car. But uh, everyone might admit to having an enemy they don't want to love. Those are Ninevites, our enemies that God tells us to love like Jesus would. So Jonah ran not because he was afraid to die, but because he knew God would forgive his enemies. He knew that God would offer grace because that is who God is. Sadly, in in Jonah's stubborn anger, he prayed that God would just kill him on the spot. He'd rather die than live with a God who forgives his enemies. Now, I don't, know, I don't know about you, but I hope we can pause on this for a minute. I hope this stirs something in you. Because who are we to have such anger towards people that we don't like? Are we not sinful too? Or did we not do something that we deserve necessarily forgiveness for? And some may say yes. Some may say that we are beyond forgiveness. But Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And he came and died just for that kind of, um, those thing, that thing. Too often we are unrelenting in our beliefs, and there must be um, someone who's, who is wrong, an enemy. Maybe instead of following the actions of Jonah, we follow the actions of Jesus. The words I spoke to you this morning um, from Matthew Jesus is giving an action that's not easy. Uh, I'm not going to sit and tell you that I can, I do it every day. There are people that I have trouble with and people I struggle with. And, you know, I don't know what an enemy is to you, but I'm sure you have one. Someone that's just, just, you can't forgive. Someone that just, if you were honest, you would probably be able to say they deserve forgiveness, but in your just, your anger, they're just, they're beyond um, forgiveness. There are some objectively wicked people that we believe deserve God's wrath. But rather than worrying about God's punishment on them, we should pray for God to show the grace to them that he showed for us. That's what Jesus was doing because he, when he says, pray for those who persecute you. You know, when Jonah walked into the city uh, of Nineveh, he had a very short message. It was only five words in Hebrew, eight in English, and it was very short and it didn't offer much grace. There was no hope of redemption, like I said. And God worked. 
And I'm not going to um, belabor you with the point. It's very simple. And I could give you all these details. I um, go more than what I have this morning and say, hey, this is what I learned in Hebrew class when I was in college um, because my professor lovingly had us translate the entire book of Hebrew, or the entire book of Jonah out of Hebrew. But the words that Jesus is speaking to us this morning is very simple. To love our neighbor as ourselves. Because we didn't deserve that love either. There are people that are objectively wicked, but they deserve the forgiveness of God. In our culture, it's hard to think of someone that we can be so hate, hate to, or have had so much hate towards like Jonah had for Nineveh. But, you know, and this is something that I'm not going to go too far into, just, but I just want you to feel this, this anger that Jonah had for just a minute. Um, I am 25 years old. Excuse me, I'm 26. Um, and I was in kindergarten on the morning of September 11th. And I've seen news clips. I've seen entire newscasts of that morning. And there was so much fear and anger. There was so much confusion. And just the resulting um, reactions after that were, they were not forgiving. They, they, we wanted retribution. We wanted, we wanted revenge. And I, I would like to say that we, you know, we've moved past that. But I've been living in the post 9-11 for a long time. Um, sure, it may be as inconvenient as, you know, taking your shoes off at the uh, at security at, um, before you get on a plane, but there's hatred for people. And yes, that there, there's, there's political and there's different motives behind that, but as Christians, I can't help but think that forgiveness is something that has to go beyond ourselves. Christ died for all. And this may be the hardest thing we wrestle with. And I'm not saying that uh, we just go and pretend nothing ever happened. Sure, we remember every single year. But Christ came and died for all. And he called us to forgive those who have hurt us and to love our enemies. So here's my closing word this morning. If your faith has you hoping for a destruction of your enemies, you have the wrong God. So go love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Father, thank you for this time we have together this morning. These, these words that you gave me um, to give are hard, they are challenging, but I hope that they resonate this morning with all, all of us. God, there, it's a very simple call that you have in our lives is to love our enemies. And whoever that our enemy may be, they deserve your love too. May we go and love likewise. Amen. You are dismissed.